politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minimans standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, and property, and for everything that matters here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here for another terrific week in broadcast. Uh, It is Monday, January 23rd, and it's another great day to fight for liberty because it's never a bad day. See, if you don't fight for liberty... You're going to have to do it at some point. So you may as well start now because it takes a certain amount of force, certain amount of power, certain amount of effort to lead us to freedom, to break down those chains, those barriers. And the earlier you start, or put it another way, the later you start, the longer it will take. And I think this is really where we are now. We're reaching a tipping point. I think everyone would agree. We've been fighting for two years, three years, or almost three years, the... uh, broad COVID fascism, but two years, the vaccine genocide fascism. And finally, after two years, it's slowly reaching critical tipping point where in the culture, it's starting to get out. It's so bad that people can't miss it. You have big influencers um, like Elon Musk himself said he almost died from the shot. He had a cousin who almost did. You have the whole diamond and silk thing going on. You have the VP of Fox News dying suddenly at 47 um, from a heart attack. So many people. You got Scott Adams, this big influencer who basically, you know, pushed biomedical tyranny. And now he's like, hey, the anti-vaxxers were right. We're at a critical juncture. And, And what it demonstrates is it didn't have to be this way. We could have been at this point a year ago, a year and a half ago. If you have the force of a unified political party and movement behind something, then it makes a difference. If you don't, it's scattershot, and it takes a very long time. But we finally reached this moment. But the key thing to to do at this moment is to ensure that the left doesn't successfully, and the fake right go along with it, jujitsu it into a limited hangout where they limit the amount that they put out, yeah, this was a problem, and then forget the other 90%, and everyone's distracted, kind of like with lockdowns and masks. Everyone kind of knows it's repudiated, but statutorily, we still haven't fully prevented it, and masks still are around in hospitals and elsewhere, and that's a similar thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, the shots are a problem, but then they'll still kind of lurk. Even the mandates will lurk a little bit, in some settings. And they'll be right onto the RSV shots, the flu shots, and everything else. We need to harness this opportunity to cut the cancer out fully, to stop this creeping, sleeping tyranny in red states that seems to go unnoticed because they're pro-gun and anti-abortion, and we just let everything slide because, oh my gosh, Wyoming cannot be like California. It just can't. Well, actually, it is. So we're going to talk about what's going on in some of these red states that I'm dealing with. And I'd love for you to share me, share with me your story because I can't keep track of 25 states at once. Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com is the email. At RM Conservative, you could follow me on Twitter and message me. And please make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes so this show soars ahead of the other Teletubbies on the algorithms. A comment also helps as well if you leave a comment. But... Now is the time when we cannot leave anything on the table. We need to go with our best ideas. I'm going to start out with the state level. We're going to go to federal. What needs to be done on medical freedom? And to demonstrate the problems, how we've allowed red states to underperform uh, with local and state politics and legislation for decades. States where, you know, a presidential election, when the people see clarity, you know, and not that we always get clarity, we usually actually don't in a presidential election, but in people's minds, the R presidential candidate versus the D, that's what they want. Even in states where the Republican wins by 30, 40 points, we have this creeping tyranny that goes unnoticed. It's our job to start noticing and start pounding away. I cannot tell you 
how influential you could be. So sign up if you want to be a team leader or even just join a team. But I ask you if you are going to sign up, once we get a team leader and he sends around an email, please try to respond and offer your services. If you're busy, you don't feel like you have time, that's fine. But just know there's a lot of different jobs. There's showing up to committee hearings. Okay, well, that takes time in person. You might not, you might not have that. There's research for the issues. There's writing to send out emails and make email lists. There's organizing phone calls, organizing social media, organizing you know local media and radio. Working with the good guys to promote their bills. That's the strategy. You find the best few guys in each, each legislature and you work with them on the good bills. You get them to sponsor and draft some bills maybe they didn't think of. That's what I do. And then block the bad stuff. And they're your eyes and ears and you're, you are the conduit on the outside to give them the voice to equalize them with the special interests. That's the thing. See, red states, they can only persist in the darkness. I mean, tyranny could only reside in the darkness. In blue states, they do it out in the open. In the red states, the governor will be, oh, I'm anti-abortion, I'm pro-gun, Biden sucks. All right, so everyone's like, hey, well, we have a great red state. Then, quietly, in the legislature, and really all day, all year, in the various departments, all of the special interests work along with them. And I don't just mean even the corporate wokeness. I'm talking about even just straight up leftist NGOs, teachers unions. They'll work with the red state Department of Health like you see in Idaho. Left and right, they'll put out left-wing stuff. CRT and um, racist stuff. Transgenderism. I mean, look, Ron DeSantis. He's out there today. And he's going after this African-American studies. What other Republican would have the guts to go after that? Trump wouldn't. Because that's like, oh, no, you can't look like you're racist. And no, he articulates it. You know what? Actually, let's, let's play that clip. I want you guys to hear this. This is from his press conference earlier today on Monday. Take a listen. Is that with the abolishing prisons? Is that part of the... So if you read actually what's in there, they're advocating things like abolishing prisons. Now, now that's, a, that's a radical political position. You're free to take that in your own life. I don't think very many people would think that that would actually work. Um, but how is that being taught as fact to be able uh, to do that? And I also think it's not fair to say that somehow abolishing prisons is somehow linked to like black experience, that that's what black people want. I don't think that's true at all. I think they want law and order, just like anybody else wants law and order. So that is more of ideology being used under the guise of history, and we want to do uh, history. And that's what our standards for, for black history are. It's just cut and dried history. You learn all the basics. You learn about the great figures. And, you know, I view it as American history. I don't view it as separate history. You know, we have history, a lot of different shapes and sizes, people that have participated uh, to make the country great, uh, people that have stood up when it wasn't easy, and they all deserve uh, uh, to be taught. But abolishing prisons, being taught to high school kids, as if that's somehow a fact, no, that, that's, that's not appropriate. So, folks, he calls it straight out. First of all, he goes after the jailbreak, de-incarceration movement. He was always very strong on that when he was in Congress opposing this whole criminal justice reform. He's like, yeah, you're not going to sit and scare me by saying, oh, it's African-American studies, so it's untouchable. It will look like you're against black people. No, you're teaching them to hate whites. You're teaching them that somehow we need to abolish prison. No. Now, if you're a private institution, you want to teach that in private school, go knock yourself out. But I run the state public schools, and this is what we're going to do. And that's what he's doing. One after another, he's going and he's crushing their power sources. And mind you, the Republican Party ain't great in that state, and the legislature's not great either. And this is just the beginning of a second term. Imagine if he'd have, like Greg Abbott, an unlimited amount of terms to do this, where he would be. Greg Abbott's on his third term. Where are we in Texas? Nowhere on any of this. He also announced union reforms today, teachers' unions. Basically, no more deducting dues automatically from paychecks. Done. That's the mother's milk of their power. 
So someone wants to be a teacher in the public schools, they have the right not to pay dues. No union business or flyers at work. They, they literally conduct their business at work. They do it all the time. Um, school union executives cannot be paid more than the highest paid member. And he's instituting a requirement that to have a union at all, even voluntarily, meaning you can never force someone to pay dues, but just to operate within that district, you need 60% of the teachers or whatever employees in support of it. That, my friends, is leadership. Okay? That, my friends, is leadership. But in all of these red states, we're lacking that. We're lacking that. And that's what we need to fix. And I want to kind of give you some real-life examples. First, our sponsor today, Birch Gold. Folks, <laughs> it's very clear. Biden said he has no plans to not raise the debt ceiling. Now, Republicans could fight it. I don't know. Do you have confidence in them? Not really. We'll, we'll try to fight for it. The reality is you're going to need a hedge against inflation, crisis, stock market crashes, and all sorts of turmoil. I mean, with the stock market performing so miserably but still at a roughly historic high why put your retirement into the casino and funding the wokeness birch gold makes it easy to convert an ira or 401k into an ira in precious metals here's what you need to do text the word daniel to 989898 and you get a nice free info kit very well done very easy to read i got my uh newest copy of it uh, for those who don't have experience in this, they'll help you decide. And, and within the next month, you're going to have to, or next few months, you're going to have to do this. As you do your taxes, um, you can get a deduction, at least $6,000 per spouse. You could put in money into uh, a retirement account and then t deduct from your tax burden. Rather than putting that into Vanguard and BlackRock, put it into something of value for thousands of years. Um, there's a lot of companies out there, but Birch Gold shares our values. They have a better business bureau rating of you know, A plus rating. Uh, they have thousands of happy customers, countless five star reviews. So secure your future with gold today, starting with your free info kit by texting Daniel to 989898. So, folks, I want to start out today with the clip from Henrietta Rochelle Hardaway a.k.a. Silk in the Diamond-Silk duo. A diamond just passed away very, very suddenly. So at the memorial service, she explains exactly what happened to her sister and how she was there and why she thinks she died. Take a listen. As soon as Diamond hung up the phone, she said to me, I can't breathe. It was suddenly, out of nowhere, and no warning. I got her to the kitchen table open up the back door so that she can get some air. And each breath was less and less and less until her eyes became a stare. My husband and I followed the 911 instructions uh, 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 from the lady. We laid her, like they told us to lay her flat, they said do CPR, and it was one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. My husband and I alternated and kept going and going and going until the emergency truck came and came into the, the yard and the EMS came into the house. They did everything that they could. So what I want to say to everybody is don't you dare call me a conspiracy theorist. Because I saw it happen. I saw how it happened. I was there when it happened. And it happened suddenly. I want America to wake up and pay attention. Something ain't right. It's time to investigate what's really going on here and get some answers to why are people falling dead suddenly. So, folks, I wanted to play that whole thing in its entirety um, just because some of you might not have heard it, some of you did. She's directly calling out the jabs. She didn't mention the name. And Trump was sitting right in front of her. 
Now, by the way, Trump gets up there and, and says in front of her, oh, you know, I mainly knew Diamond. I didn't really know Silk. And some are wondering if that was an insult to her after he ins- after she insulted the shots. I don't know if it is, but what I do know is from people that know the situation, Trump absolutely knew Silk. So that is a little bit bizarre and petty, but whatevs. The point being, it's reaching critical mass. Now, I still don't know the exact story with, with her. Did she get the shot? It's not clear, or did she not? And in this clip, she's kind of insinuating that it could be through shedding. I don't know, but the fact that we don't know the answer to this is insane. We do know that at least if you have intense contact with someone, it absolutely could shed to an extent. That's been proven in several studies. Now, to what extent that will manifest clinically, could you pass on enough spike protein to create the sudden cardiac or, or stroke or other you know, blood clotting damage? We don't know the answer to that. But that demonstrates why this is a forced abortion. That... You take the energy of the most ardent conservatives and their energy in the legislative sessions and Congress on abortion, that level of intensity should be times 100 because this is being forced on people and then even the people that get away without getting it, we do have to wonder if it's going to spread. And I will tell you, they have other technology and other vaccines in the future absolutely will do it even more. It needs to be stopped. So we need to prevent this Limited hangout. Okay, it took a critical mass for people to finally, finally retrospectively see and believe what, what they've been seeing all, all the while. Nothing has really changed. But it's, it's beaten into people's consciousness that there's enough that like, wait a minute, I know someone who died too. And wait a minute, that guy died suddenly too. You know, because you're always shell-shocked if you have a friend or relative like, oh my gosh, I guess they just had a heart attack at 38. I, I didn't realize you know, because it, it does happen, and it always has happened to an extent. God does take people early and suddenly. But the numbers speak for themselves. In the European countries this past week, 35% excess deaths. It's, that's insane. It's utterly insane. We have a worse pandemic now of died suddenly than we had from COVID. And, and, I, and I, for one, believe COVID was a problem. It killed a lot of people because of the creation of the bioweapon on purpose and the denial of treatment. Which the two obviously work together, because if you're trying to create a bioweapon, well, you're not going to want people to treat it. But this is why it's so important to have an intrepid, united group calling things out early and often, because the more you push it in the culture, the quicker we're going to reach that inflection moment. And shame on this fake conservative movement for not even willing, being willing to take this up recently. So finally now, Fox is talking about it a little bit. A little bit. Laura Ingram will have people on. Always a mile late. Well, I'd say a, a billion dollars short and a mile late. Not a day late and a dollar short. But it's been like, yeah, maybe we should kind of move away from the shots. No, it needs to be that this is the number one state and federal issue, that we need to reinstate the number code, that we need to audit all of the experimentation, the gain of function on pathogens, gain of function on vaccines. What are they up to? What's down the pipeline? mRNA needs to be suspended. We need end of all liability, immunity from liability. This, that's the thing. They're going to try to limit it without the policy solutions. The definition of a limited hangout. If you Google the term, this is the Wikipedia entry. A limited hangout or partial hangout is a tactic used in media relations, perception management, politics, and information management. It originated as a technique in the espionage trade, According to Victor Marchetti, a former special assistant to deputy director of the CIA, limited hangout is spy jargon for a favorite and frequently used gimmick of the clandestine professionals. When their veil of secrecy is shredded and they can no longer rely on a phony cover story to misinform the public, they resort to admitting, sometimes even volunteering, some, some of the truth, 
while still managing to withhold the key and damaging facts in the case. The public, however, is usually so intrigued by the new information that it never seeks, never thinks to pursue the matter further. While used by the CIA and other intel organizations, the tactic has become popularized in the corporate and political spheres. And that this perfectly describes what happens, and it also describes the need for a controlled opposition. See, there's always two sides to the story. If you're going to push something, you're going to have the, the other party push back. But if you could get the other party to only push back to a limited thing, like, oh, a trannyism, just don't do it in sports. Or, you know, yeah, just don't mandate the shots. Well, don't, don't mandate the shots. You don't, if the government engages in a trillion-dollar campaign to push hemlock on people, you don't say, well, we shouldn't just mandate it. I mean, you, you, you ban it. You ban the structure that developed it. You, you hang the people behind it. You audit every aspect of government that led to that and the creation of it, and you extirpate it from our body politic, our law, our culture, our medicine. That's what you do, but that's what they don't want. They want it limited, Limited so that the public doesn't pursue the matter further. That's why they love shiny objects. You know, I say this all the time, like with, um, you know, we have the, just to jump around a little bit to another issue, you have a, over the weekend, another big story, the BLM rioting and Antifa rioting in Atlanta. And Republicans are like, you see, this is what happens when you want to defund the police. Defund the police is a limited hangout. It's the de-incarceration agenda that Republicans, by the way, to this day, governors like Kevin Stitt and Bill Lee and most Republican Southern governors still buy into, unlike DeSantis. That's what caused it. You have all these criminals out in the street. And it's it's bigger than just, you know, the defund the police. It's it's a fourth Reich. It's a tool stirred up. And, and I, I I believe that the same intel agencies going after patriot groups and Americans are downright inflaming and juicing up, if not helping directly Antifa. Ties a little bit back into Ukraine. It ties into a lot of things. But that's a discussion for another day. But anyway, this is what they seek to do. So our goal must be to not limit things. We must work for an unlimited hangout where we use this new information to stoke people up to rip out the cancer of biomedical surveillance tyranny and experimentation root and branch and we need to affirm certain principles to do that and yet even in the state of wyoming we can't do it so let's talk about wyoming it is a state where republicans now have a 29 to 2 majority in the senate and a 57 to 5 majority in the House. So obviously they're at the point where there aren't even enough Democrats to go around in all the committees, at least in the Senate. That's how crazy it is. So you could have some committees where there's not a single Democrat sitting on it. So if we would have been doing our job, and there would be a movement to focus on these states and the individuals and the ideas and the state government the way I do, from Tucker to Laura to Hannity on down, you would have multiple states that would be our version of California. Wyoming, first and foremost. In fact, you have to go back to the 96 election to find you know, a relatively close presidential result, like a 15-point win for the Republican. Since 2000, it's like almost every presidential election has been a 40-plus net margin for the GOP candidate. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The healthcare cartel, the industries, they show up at the committee hearings, they push the legislation, and nobody pays attention. Even to the extent that we're starting to gain traction, it's only because we've done a better job getting a few better people, and there are definitely better people in than last time. But the reality is, until this session, it was like almost unanimously a Democrat legislature. This may as well be. So this is a perfect case study. So a really good freshman, Jeanette Ward, she actually took over my buddy Chuck Gray's seat. Chuck became Secretary of State. I mentioned this on Friday. She filed HB 66. 
And they had a hearing last week in the House Labor, Health, and Social Services Committee. There's an 8-to-1 Republican majority on that committee. Yet because Republicans are fake, that one Democrat, one Democrat, ruined the bill. Think about that. Republicans can never have enough power to have control. Yet one Democrat, he has more power than anything. So basically, this was a simple bill. It wasn't even like what it should be is to ban the COVID shots, ban it to do what Florida is doing, to recommend against it, to, um, you know, ban all mRNA shots, which need to be all the things that need to be done. It was just very simple. No mandates. It was a categorical, no exception, no, that you cannot force a human being to go to school, to work, or be a patient in the hospital, because this is where it's still being done. Hospitals, even COVID, schools mainly for the other shots. No masking, no testing, and no vaccine mandates. This is the most basic thing that all 50 states should adopt, but certainly a ruby red state. That there is never a legal, moral, or scientific rationale to force another person to commit to a medical procedure, device, injection, therapeutic to his body to so-called protect another person. Because if that person feels so strongly that he wants another person, he feels so strongly about that intervention that he wants another person to do it, well, it certainly works for you, so you go do it. Meaning, forget about COVID. That it's downright poison. But let's say it's something that's legitimate. That it, that it works. But so what? That should be someone's choice. If it works, go get it. So in other words, there's two layers of legislation that we need to push. When it comes to mandates, full stop. No, there is never a time that's okay. Because if a government could force a human being to affirmatively inject something in his body to function as a human being. We're not even talking about like getting a specialized you know, clearance. I'm talking about go to school, get medical care, work. Then you literally have nothing but despotism. There is no limit to what government could do to you, and there is no fundamental rights. So that's not just the COVID shot, but even, even a proven good shot should never be forced. Oh my gosh, but they're going to bring measles to school. First of all, we've learned a lot about what is and isn't. I mean, most of the mumps outbreaks, is Google it, mumps outbreaks in Portugal among the vaccinated. Okay? A lot of this stuff doesn't work as much as we thought it did. But even if it, let's say it does, okay. I don't want my kid going to school with, what do you mean you don't want your kid? Your kid has the MMR. What do you care? So that's what the bill did. And it basically made it a criminal penalty. I believe a misdemeanor up to, I'm forgetting how much the fine was, but it was a fine or up to a year in prison for anyone who violates it. So here's what happened. Here's what happened. We basically had, it was watered down where they took out the other shots, all the other shots. They made it, only the prohibition of the mandate only applies to COVID shots and they took away the enforcement mechanism and that's the key. So that's just a wink and a nod to the, um, to the hospitals be like, hey, screw with people, nothing's going to happen to you. So now the sponsor of the bill did tell me that she does plan to try to add, add at least that part back in the enforcement, even on COVID, because otherwise then you get nothing from it, back in on the floor. And, you know, whether it's a criminal penalty or a robust civil penalty, at least something. But the point is, okay, so now the bill is down to just COVID, which, I mean, we have to beg to get in the ruby red, almost unanimous Republican legislative body not to mandate the worst poison that's the Holocaust when really it should be banned and it should be mandated against it. We're just saying, don't tase me, bro. And with no criminal penalty, no penalty. And even then, it only passed five to four, meaning three Republicans 
not only, well, four, not only supported the Democrat Yin, his amendment, but voted along with him against even the final watered-down bill. So it's this guy, Clauston, and Chadwick voted against it. And then the chairman, Dan Zwanitzer, evidently is so-called married to another man. So that's what you have in the state of Wyoming as the health committee chair. A guy who sodomizes around with another man. This is Wyoming for you. Okay, this, this is the tyranny in red states going unnoticed. And he votes against the bill. So that means that... See, we're talking about that it's not enough to oppose mandates. This guy, you're not even allowed to not mandate something that is proven to be negative effective, causes more COVID... And destroys the body. But I guarantee you he'll vote to ban abortion. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good that does us. But it's worse than that. Kevin O'Hearn, who pushed for the amendment to be watered down, so then he did vote for the bill. That was a swing vote that even got us the five. He promised to vote against it on the floor. So we barely got the watered down version past the Wyoming house so we'll see what happens on the floor now by the way just one thing that's important tactic wise those of you who are legislatures who listen to the show this is why you gotta go categorical you gotta start off with your stronger bill because the stronger you go because it's going to be watered down and they're going to take a bunch of bites at it so if you you know make them fight even harder make the apple bigger to begin with and that's why it was good to stick in the other shots because I knew they would go after that. But again, we shouldn't feel bashful about that. Why should the other shots be forced on a person? And then again, I mean, there are a lot of problems with this. How could Hep B be required of children? STD, how could that be required in many states? That's a big problem. You know, Aaron Siri put out the only Hep B vaccines for newborns were licensed based on five or four days, five days in the case of the Merck shot, four days in GSK shot, of safety monitoring after the shot. That's what they did in their trial group. Crazy. He notes it was injected um, Hepi vaccine injected into babies three times, by the way. I think it's three doses. It was licensed by the FDA based on 147 healthy infants and children who are monitored for five days after each dose. Did you know that? It's straight on the FDA's documents. Straight up. Straight up. You're anti-vax. No, no, no. Answer what I just said. How is it okay to take an STD thing Grab a baby the minute they're born and have three doses over the course of its first whatever years based on 147 only healthy infants monitored as a trial group for five days afterwards. I never knew that. So there's a lot of problems out there. See, this is another limited hangout. COVID shot is so bad that it's going to make everything else comparatively look good. But doesn't mean they should be on the market and then certainly mandated. We need to audit all these shots. The need for them, the safety, and the efficacy. All three together. We need a commission in every state. We need a commission on vaccines. Congress needs to push for that. And I would love for Kevin McCarthy See, this is something I would have asked for, a commission on vaccines. So you don't need the executive branch for that. I mean, well, executive branch will be called a commission. Here it will just be called a committee, but it doesn't matter. I don't care what it's called. But we need something with prominence to look into that. Because they're going to seek to keep the rest of the mRNA and certainly the rest of the broader vaccine agenda intact. We need to act on the information we know This stuff needs to be pulled, and on the things we don't know, 
we have a right to question and we need an immediate inquiry starting with no golden calves. Everything is fair game. We're going to start from zero and assume nothing and take a look at each version of each genre of vaccine out there. What's the need for it? And I say what's the need because like some of them are, you know, for example, pertussis. Okay? Legitimately, pertussis is a danger for pregnant women. Okay? That's what it is for the fetus. But for everyone else, like kids, if they get it when they're a kid, it's literally, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not pertussis. Um, rubella. Rubella, the German measles. It's asymptomatic. German measles is nothing except for fetuses. Okay, I don't think anyone disagrees at that point. So that's the rationale. That's the need for a vaccine. Well, let's look at the rubella vaccine. I don't know much about it. But I'm just saying right off the bat, before you get to safety and efficacy, before you get to it, why should a boy, like it should be maybe, you know, reproductive age women, women who want to have kids, but why should every male get rubella? Well, Daniel, it's stuck on the MMR. It's the R, you see, MMR. No, but why is it manufactured that way? That that violates the Nuremberg Code. You can't just ha- hitch something a ride. You know, I want the tetanus, so I have to get diphtheria, which there's no need for it. Everyone agrees, and that actually is a very problematic shot. Why, why does t- that have to be stuck with that? It's funny, like, these idiots at the committee hearing were like, you're going to prevent us from having tetanus shots. First of all, no, you can get it. You just can't force it. I'm not saying I'm against a tetanus shot, but, like, how does one person not getting the tetanus shot affect you? That's really absurd. These just stupid arguments. And then, like, this other guy, I'm forgetting his name. Who is this guy? Ken Clouster, Clouston. At the committee hearing, he was like, we've lost... He basically sympathized with the sponsor of the bill, but then voted no. We've lost the trust in the CDC. A lot of our personal rights were violated. We haven't controlled it. These vaccines haven't worked. I just don't know... I just don't want to handcuff us in the future that if something worse with COVID comes on, that we're not able to take precautions that we may need. Wait, 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 what? So you're more worried about a hypothetical in the future than what we know is happening. Like, dude, we'll deal with it then. And also that's stupid because masks don't work and the COVID shots don't work. Okay? And this is after they watered it down that it only applies to the COVID shots. He still voted no. But again, even if it did work, so what? This is what you need to get on all your representatives. The argument of the safety and efficacy is the argument for Nuremberg and to take it off the market and criminalize it. But the argument against mandates is even if it is safe and effective. I mean, I don't understand. Since when is that okay? We have 104 104 vitamin D treatment studies and 144 sufficiency studies vouching for the efficacy of vitamin D against COVID. That it's clear that if your D levels are over 50, it's almost impossible to die from COVID. That alone, that simple thing. There's a couple of um, even active form Ds on the market that I have in my house. Um, and, you know, that that triples the time that it, or truncates the time by a factor of three, how quickly you can get up your levels. Everyone should be over 50, but you know, mo- almost everyone's below 30, many people well below 20. There's numbers on that, I just don't have it in front of me. But most people are insufficient, many are downright, you know, really in bad shape. So some studies have actually shown it does reduce transmission. It does stop you from getting it. Think of all the respiratory viruses that turn into pneumonia that you're less likely to get and for a shorter period of time if you're above 50. Anyone who has done this, like me, who has gone through this saga of going from 20 to 72, like I did, in terms of your serum levels, uh, you know, nanogram or nanoliters per gram or whatever whatever the conversion is, um, 
NLs, you know that it really does make a difference in your life. What I found is it really truncates. Like I used to be on one cold. I could have it for two to three weeks. I just had one, you know, very mild, a couple days, didn't really bother me. Barely got a sore throat from it. A little bit of congestion, but nothing that you even use a tissue for. And I, I, I get it much less often. You know, I'm, I mean, you know, you know how much you can't calculate the benefit to society from that. So by their way of thinking, we should be able to mandate, especially if you're a healthcare worker, right? That part of your job, if you want to be a nurse in this hospital, we have to test your serum levels. And we're going to continue testing your serum levels until you supplement enough to get it, get it above 50. And that would be rooted in 15 times more science. And unlike this other stuff, it doesn't tamper with your body. It's the safest thing you can imagine. And it has 50 other benefits to it as well. Possibly cancer and heart disease. But no, no one's saying that because it's stupid. If you think vitamin D helps so much, go take it. He doesn't want to utilize that. He wants to sit with his level at 20. Let him do that. This is America. It's that hard that in a red state we have to like, you know, twist our words like, oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't stop transmission. Or, let's say it does. This is what people are saying. You can't, people say you can't mandate the shots because we now said it doesn't tra- stop transmission. Let's say it does. But it doesn't matter. Me not getting the shot, let's say it stops transmission. So perfect. So all the people who get it won't transmit it. We will. Oh, but you're transmitting. Yeah, to other people who don't have the shot. Oh, no, Daniel. But are there people that can't get it? Not true. With the COVID shots, they pushed it on every cancer patient, every everyone. They pushed it on them first. So this is a new paradigm in health that they're saying that the vulnerable people, that typically they'd say, yeah, I don't think you should get a vaccine. It's not good for your body. Now they're saying get it anyway. So screw it. But this is my point. What we've learned is even even a shot that's... My understanding, I could be wrong, is that the rubella shot, I think, is relatively better than a lot of the other ones. Just the R part of it. And certainly the rationale for those women. But even a good shot, you are screwing with the immune system. It's not so simple. Now that we've learned about the complexity of immunology... Oh, you just dangle something in front of the immune system and it has a response and you're immune for life. No, 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 no. Even a really good one, you don't know what it's doing to your body. So the notion that you're going to carte blanche, take every kid and preemptively change their immune system, that, that violates God's design. That's a problem. That's a good example of to begin with, even if it's perfect shot, even if it's an amazing vaccine, it shouldn't be used beyond the cohort of people it's necessary. So no male should ever get that. That's just one example. But anyway, so this is Wyoming for you. This is Wyoming. Now, we have, um, you know, another interesting thing. Uh, our, our friend Margaret Meng in uh, Indiana, Crossroads Substack, She's been writing about what's going on there. She actually chased down this Dr. Box, the health commissioner of the state of Indiana, at a hearing. And she tried to ask her a bunch of questions about theirs and everything she refused to answer. She says, do you believe the vaccines are still safe and effective after all the dying? She says, yes. This is what we have in the state of Indiana. Four to one GOP majorities. I can't even find a conservative to work with there. Maybe there's one or two. The ones I knew were defeated, actually, because they were gerrymandered by the establishment. So we have health directors who are on par with that of California and New York. The public's already, I mean, you look at the polling. Where is this? There's a Rasmussen poll out. 57% want the vaccine injury, not mandates, vaccine injury. Um, investigated. Even a plurality of Dems. So Dem voters was 48 to 40 in the affirmative that it should be investigated. So 
And among unaffiliated, it was 54-31 among indies. How about that? Majorities of every racial category. They believe Congress should investigate CDC's handling of vaccine safety. I don't see, I don't see anywhere in Congress as of now where they're going to focus primarily on that. It's going to be the Wuhan lab, the lockdowns, Fauci, a little bit of the gain-of-function funding, but they're not going to go into the nuts and bolts of DOD. But this is what we have. And then you have South Carolina. They just kicked out 14 members of the Freedom Caucus from the House Caucus for not signing a pledge that they won't engage in any campaign activities against an incumbent. It's a very broad measure. Like, I don't know, does that mean I can't campaign against the guy on an issue? But anyway, there's half a billion dollars of ARPA funding. This is the state COVID funding. And they reprogrammed it for sewer, water, and broadband. $86 million is diverted as a pet slush fund for the Secretary of Commerce for economic development. Like, what, what does that mean? Some progressive cabinet member gets to just waste that money? So finally, these guys felt liberated, and they just started obstructing, forcing amendment votes, you know, chewing up the clock, and boy, were, were, were the establishment's on Twitter yelling at these guys. Only 16 voted no. Out of what, like 80 Republicans or something? In that body. But this is where we are in red states. And by the way, they are so prickly about it. They are so prickly about them showing the votes of these amendments. Because who focuses on committee votes and amendment votes in state legislatures? Nobody. They want to keep it that way. This is what we're doing with the Freedom Caucuses, or some members choose not to be in a Freedom Caucus, but they're they're good nonetheless. That's their choice. We need these guys. We need to work with them to augment their voice and for them to tell us what they need and to expose this so you don't have this creeping tyranny going unnoticed. We might be, lose the votes, but then these guys are marked. At least we have the focus. This is where the conservative movement has failed and failed miserably for so many years. This is what we need to change. So again, if you want to join a team, we have a team in South Carolina. We have a team in um, Iowa, North Dakota, West Virginia, Alaska. If you're from Wyoming, reach out to me, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. We could try to get something going. But we need team leaders who are willing to work with members of this audience. It's a novel idea. I, I don't have the time to start an organization. I don't have the money. But all I can do is if, if a few of you in each state are willing to do the hard work and a few others are willing to you know, be tasked with a job and putting some time for the group, you could find everyone in your state who listens to this show, a very niche audience, so you're going to be very closely aligned. And we can, you know, I could get the names through conaction.network. You sign up there. And I can give it over to those team leaders who volunteer. And boom. With zero fundraising, a zero-cost operation, you can get something amazing. And look, a couple states like West Virginia, North Dakota, um, Iowa, and now South Carolina, we have a really good team there that's really working with the Freedom Caucus members, working on legislation, working to send out emails, alert people. You see how frantic these guys are. How dare you share stuff with the outside world? We're going to kick you out of the caucus. Because they want to keep this illusion that the Democrats are the problem, we're pro-life, we're pro-gun, this is the thing, and then they're a bunch of tyrannical, woke animals, and screw us on every issue that matters at the time it matters, and thereby making red states just like blue states. And, and that's how it lowers expectations. That's what unlimited hangouts or limited hangouts are all about. To shift that Overton window. So we're now happy with, well, it's not, Daniel, it's not quite like a blue state. They're, they're mandating in even more places. Oh, okay. So there's even more human rights violations. So we should be happy that in Wyoming and South Carolina, we have slightly fewer human rights violations. The expectations are so low. We need categorical legislation. We need a movement to light a fire behind it. 
because right now the public is way ahead of even where conservative members are elected officials on the vaccine issue. Certainly the COVID ones. So that's what we're watching on a state level. So folks, this is the state issue. Then you have the federal agenda. And just because I believe the federal government is irremediably broken doesn't mean that conservatives in the House cannot serve as a voice to further inflame this inflection moment, further force action through legislation and oversight and all that. Not that it's going to be signed into law, it never will, but to actually push us to this brink that we need to get and maybe people focus on doing this at a state level. And as we well know, what this requires at a federal level So, you know, gradually it will go into the mainstream of House Republicans, maybe even Kevin McCarthy at some point. Yeah, you know, the shots are kind of a problem. They're causing injury. We need to look at this. But right away, number one, and this is not even this before vaccine injury is shocking. As I keep saying, this has not even been H.R. one. Limiting the president's emergency public health powers that number one, he cannot declare a public health emergency for more than 30 days at at maximum without Congress extending it, bans all mandates that, that that the CDC or any other agency can never advise, recommend, or mandate vaccines or masks on anyone, a complete suspension of all mRNA shots, and then a repeal of the NCVIA, that's the 1986 uh, Vaccine um, Indemnity Bill, the PREP Act, OTA, Other Transactions Authority, EUA, and, and then completely pull out of the WHO, which is Chip Roy's bill. That's categorical. That's something that will grab people. And, and speaking of OTA, in terms of the Transactions Authority, there's an interesting article from LifeSite.com, and kudos to them. One of the great pro-life websites that actually understands this is a pro-life issue. They point out that there's a group of Australian scientists, doctors, and medical academics headed by pharmacologist Philip Altman who are accusing the DOD of being responsible, playing the dominant role in the rollout of the vaccine in Australia, much less America. And, again, they were responsible for the development, manufacturing, and distribution. As I noted before, a lot of this is born out of this other transactions authority that they were given back in, I want to say, 2015 to go and circumvent typical regulatory structures. That needs to be dealt with. They cannot give the DOD a pass. So it is now clear that they are the dominant players. Everyone knows that. They're the dominant players in the development of it, in the martial law aspect, the lockdowns, the um, the cover-up, and the psychological warfare on Americans. Altman writes in his letter, letter um, the lesson to be learned here is that the development and production of vaccines and other therapeutic products of, for general civilian use should never again be allowed to be under military command and control. I, I really like the way he framed it. That should be, this is, the, this is not right or left, this should be universal. I mean, we could talk about military mandates as a separate point, but, but it should be very clear is that the DOD should not be in charge of vaccines for civilians. But they were. And this is the part that I don't have confidence at this point Republicans are going to research. And related to that point is another article we have up, came out over the weekend. I'm just going to read it from our own in-house article from Paul Saka at The Blaze. DOD awarded a multi-year grant worth $3 million to EcoHealth Alliance. DOD. Starting on December 12th, last month. And ending December 2025, DOD will give $3 million in funding to EcoHealth Alliance. Um, what's the objective of the program? 
to support and stimulate basic applied and advanced research at educational or research institutions, nonprofit organizations, and commercial firms which support the advancement of fundamental knowledge and understanding of the sciences with an emphasis on exploring new and innovative research for combating or countering weapons of mass destruction. Welcome, Orwell. And the grant was provided by, you guessed it, the DTRA, Defense Threat Reduction Agency. DTRA, DARPA, and the Chemical and Biologics Program need to be in the crosshairs of GOP oversight. And I would argue at this point, states, see, they're giving it for institutions. Well, some of those institutions are going to be in various red states. In a state like Texas, we should ban institutions from working with EcoHealth Alliance until they could come clean on their behavior, which obviously they can't. But the point is, this is being led by DOD. That is the key. Fauci is a distraction. That's a limited hangout. I'm sorry to say, as much as everyone's into Fauci, that's a limited hangout. Doesn't mean that he shouldn't be one of many people swinging from a tree after a Nuremberg trial. Nuremberg 2.0, which we need. And by the way, go to trialsandexecution.com. Make sure you go today if you want a hardback copy, because I'm telling you, once it comes out February 14th, um, it's going to have to go to soft copy. It's just uh, paper, paperback. It's just going to be such a rush on it. But this is what Republicans need to work on. There's no question about it. It all gets back to that. And again, a lot of this we understand. Fixing DOD, fixing immunity has to be done at a federal level. But back to the states. The states could leverage against this point. Like, my buddy Jeff Hoverson, I want to give a shout out to him. In North Dakota, he has a bunch of bills, and the hearings are right now as we're talking in the North Dakota House, to ban all mandates again anywhere and any promotion that the state or hospitals cannot promote an experimental shot. And if you think about it, this is the two-tiered system. Man, you know, Any shot should be straight up no mandate. But when it comes to experimental shots, it's not enough just not to mandate, that's for sure. And we can't even get that in red states. But the state should have no role in promoting that. That violates the Nuremberg Code. Experimental is something to have on a shelf for individual doctor use with informed consent with the patient for a targeted therapy for an individual. You don't carte blanche have the state promote Everyone should should do this, even if you don't enforce it. But that's not okay. And I love the way he um he defines in his bill an experimental shot as a shot that is that the manufacturer is not on the hook for liability. <laughs> so the truth be told, it ropes in every shot. <laughs> but but that that's how it should be. You can't have the state. I'm all for free market. Hey, you want to be on the go produce your stuff? That's fine. But you can't have the state even absent a full mandate. That, that's crazy. But even before that, fund, partner with, distribute, market in every area of the medical profession, education, everywhere. And then they're exempt from liability. That's fascism. You can't have that. You have to have one or the other. And really, we need both. They have to be on the hook for some degree of liability that, that, that every, um, every uh, manufacturer is of any product that's much less impactful to your body. And the state should not be promoting it if it's experimental. It's that simple. And by the way, a compromise to that would be I'm okay with capping punitive punishment. So mainly just compensatory liability. Because that would be enough for us to fund lawsuits without it being a cottage industry, but immediately having that check of judicial discovery on their activities. That's the main thing we want. So anyway, this is an 
I just wanted to give you a sense of what could be happening, what should be happening, how you could get involved in conaction.network, how you can make a difference in your state, if you're in a red state especially, how we need to utilize this tipping point in a way that it will go categorical to an unlimited hangout, not a limited hangout. Like Republicans are off to do. But we're not going to tolerate that. You cannot go through what we've gone through the last three years and accept anything but trials and execution.com. Folks, until tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.